The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm so glad that you could tune in. My guest today is a familiar voice to Unity Radio listeners and fans of his popular Inspire Nation podcast. And when I first met Michael Sandler over a year ago through a mutual colleague, I knew that we were birds of a feather. I knew immediately that I wanted to work with him and to have his show be a part of the Unity Online Radio Network. So if you haven't checked it out, he gives us a weekly show every Monday at 9 a.m. Central. And he kind of pulls from the best of his very popular Inspire Nation podcast. And he always has incredible guests. And I learned something new from all of his conversations with health and wellness professionals, spiritual teachers, and thought leaders. So I know, like, we're on the same wavelength. You know, we're definitely interested in the same things. So when I heard about his new book, it's called Awe, The Automatic Writing Experience, I immediately wanted to know more and I wanted to get him on the show so I could just talk to him about his work. So Michael has taken the concept of automatic writing out of the woo-woo shadows and has brought it to the present as an incredible tool for self-development. This is so cool. I'm excited to kind of dive in here. This is something that all of us can do to access the divine within. And this is not just for esoteric channelers. So whatever you've heard about what automatic writing is, we're going to kind of blow it out of the water. So the book is out this month, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. So I'm so happy to have Michael join me today. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much, Diana, mighty. Woohoo! And and I don't know if you knew it, since you mentioned birds of a feather, I'm guessing you did, that we have a rescue pet rooster. So birds of a feather actually means a lot more to me as well. <laughs> no, that's great. You know, in reading this book, I found out so many things just about you personally that I didn't know about some of your past experiences that we'll talk about on the show here today, and also about your roo 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 rooster, about your pet rooster. Yeah. So I thought that was so cool. And you're a big animal lover, and I am too. You have cats. I have cats. So a, a fellow cat lover is all right in my book. Excellent. Excellent. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so I get the big thumbs up here. So when your uh, assistant or your publicist sent me this manuscript, I thought, this is so cool. I've been spending a lot of time over the weekend reading the book, and I just love this concept because, you know, of course, I've heard about journaling for years and the morning pages, you know, Julia Cameron's thing with The Artist's Way back several years ago. But what I love about this automatic writing concept that you've presented here is that it brings it to a new level. So I just want you to start by telling telling the audience here what automatic writing is. So automatic writing, and the way I'll describe it is in comparison to journaling or, or any process like that. Journaling is a process where you put pen to paper and out comes your I, me, my story. I've done this. I done that. Um, this is my situation, my challenge, woe is me. It's I, me, my. Automatic writing is a process where you go quiet, you get in a meditative state. It's called the hypnagogic state. It's where you're half here, half what I describe as on the other side of the veil, or you're plugged into your subconscious. 
you put the pen to paper and very quickly after saying a few prayers, actually writing the prayers down, your pen starts moving pretty much on its own. And it becomes a, it's okay, Michael. It's okay, dear one. Everything's all right. You are loved. And then you can ask questions like, what do I need to know today? And you get guidance from either spirit, inner wisdom, source, universe, God, sort of like Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God. Whatever is your highest power that you believe in, you can literally converse with and you can ask, where do I go from here? Why am I feeling so lost? Why do these situations keep coming? You can use it for manifestation work. You can literally even use it to cross over to the other side of the veil and talk with loved ones who are passed on. I actually used it to speak with Wayne before I had an, a, a uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, before I had an interview with Anita Morjani a year or two ago. And we both felt that Wayne was there and he had said in automatic writing that he was going to be there. It was so, so cool. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey, whether it's simply you're an atheist, you're agnostic, and you're simply diving into your inner wisdom, or whether you want to connect with your spirit guides, you can get there through this process of going quiet and letting the pen do the work. Wow, that's so great that you're able to get some communication or a message from Dr. Dyer. I love that. <laughs> that's it was awesome. an booga booga moment, Diane. <laughs> Kind of makes, you know, the like the hair on the back of my neck stand up when you say that. But what I, I loved also about this process that, that you just mentioned is that, you know, you can be an, an atheist. Like you said, you cannot have a, a specific spiritual path because really what you're accessing is the divine within you, right? Your higher self, not necessarily something outside, although you might be able to do that as well. So it's, it's, it depends on what your spiritual belief is, who or what you think you're connecting with. If you're atheist, if you're agnostic, you're connecting with your divine self. You're connecting with that inner wisdom. You're connecting with that small, still voice that will never steer you wrong if only you'd listen to it. It's the voice that tells you, turn here, and you avoid hitting a bus or saying, get out of the alley now, Diane. And you're like, I, I, Captain, it's that voice. If you're spiritual then we give other labels for it. I like to call it, among other things, the field. It's the field of all possibilities. It's the field of all energy. It is love. It is in quantum science, the space that is everything. And so we don't have to call it a particular angel or guide or God or, or whomever, though we can do that as well. Right. And we're going to get into that a little bit uh, during this conversation here, because I, I definitely want to hear about some of your experiences. So I want to let people know a little bit more about you and your background, because that was another great thing that I got out of reading this book was that I got to know a little bit more about you personally, some of your experiences, and how you came to do this work. So I just wanted you to share a little bit of you know, what brought you to do the Inspire Nation show and your personal coaching? Because that wasn't always your your path, right? I mean, you I didn't realize that you were a major athlete and you're traveling around, you know, doing these incredible bicycle tours and races. And then some things happened. I was an Olympic Training Center trained athlete. I raced bicycles in Europe for years. I was a professional athlete. I did get hit by a car somewhere in the middle of that, which kind of changed my trajectory. I did a massive ride across the country. 5,000 miles, solo, 40 days, unsupported in 2004 to help people with learning disabilities and attention deficit disorder. Uh, 2006, I had my first of two near-death experiences, sort of like Anita Morjani, uh, without maybe as many of the pyrotechnics behind it. Um, 
And then it was fast. And, oh, and to heal from that ended up uh, having to strip off my shoes and take all my titanium parts and feel the ground, which led to writing with my wife, barefoot running and barefoot walking. And then years later, we were on Maui and we were lost. We felt stuck. Barefoot walking had come out. I had had an NDE number two out on a book tour. That was what you call a book tour gone bad, Diane. And one more accident while I'm trying to heal. And here I am on Maui. I've broken all the bones around my heart, all the bones in front of my heart, behind my heart, above my heart, everywhere. Jessica, my wife, is sick with mold toxicity poisoning. We're wiped out financially. We're about to be launched back to the mainland and lose our dream home. And we were holding space at a meditation center, Diane, three, four hours a day, and yet felt totally, completely lost. And so I had been introduced to a process similar to automatic writing when I had taken a class years earlier on plugging into the Akashic Masters, kind of the librarians of the universe. And I had played with it and modified it and had a way that I could tap in on a moment's notice to my guides or whomever, whatever you want to call it through automatic writing. It's a process I call awe because you're like, oh my God, <laughs> you're in this state of awe. Yet I had been resistant to it until we were getting our butts kicked. At which point I'm going, all right, like Einstein says, I'm not gonna be able to solve the problems that I created from the level they were created. In other words, Michael, your thinking mind got you into this trouble. It's probably not gonna get you out of it. I started going into automatic writing on a daily basis. I heard to start the show. I heard what the show would be, how the show would work, everything to do with the show. Later, how to turn the spigot back on for our uh, coaching, which then became wildly successful ever than it ever was before. And it gave me guidance each step of the way, not just to put our lives back together, but to say it's what I call the PPD. It gave me our purpose, our path, and our direction. And so I use this process every morning like oxygen. Actually, I might even, no, would I skip oxygen? No, that wouldn't be too good. Would be around. But every morning I go into automatic writing and I'm like, all right, guys, where am I? Where am I in time and space? Where do I need to go from here? What do I need for, to do for the day? And it was such a 180 in our lives and is such a powerful tool. I teach it to all my coaching clients, everyone in all of our classes, because no matter how great of a coach you have, no matter how great of a guide you have outside of yourself, they're not plugged into your own unique inner wisdom. That's what I get in automatic writing. And that's why it's helped me to get, um, wow, our shows in every country worldwide. It's gone. The best definition is gazunga. And that's all because of automatic writing. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. And I'm so glad you could share that, share your story and how automatic writing can help our listeners. And just to help me, like I got excited when I started reading it because I think I've been just kind of dabbling with things. Like I do ask those questions where I'll, I'll be in a meditation and I'll say, you know, give me, give me a sign. I always ask for signs, you know, from angels and guides and things like that. But I think doing this process is going to help me really distill everything so that it's a lot clearer. You know, I mean, a lot of times I'll feel that, you know, kind of virtual hug around your shoulder or I'll get the message like, look, it's going to be okay. 
you know, you will get through this. You'll, you'll do this and I'll, I'll get messages. Like I tried it today and I kept hearing something that Louise Hay would always say. Someone had asked her, how did you start your company? And she says, well, I answered the phone and I opened the mail. You know, you just like you do your tasks, you try to get everything done and then things will fall into place. And so that's what I kept hearing this morning. But I think doing this process is going to make it a lot clearer. You know, I'll be able to to access and, and feel that because I, I want to feel that, that feeling. And I think everybody does. Right. Like, you know, where where's my angel sighting? You know, where's where's my bolt of lightning? And um, and I know you say in the book to not always expect that because that that isn't always the case, but you can try to build to that, right? To maybe get those flashes. What happens is I consider, Jessica hates it when I say it. I block her ears if she was in here. That's my wife. She's my everything. Um, It's like dating, which is to say that whether you're you're dating your inner wisdom or, or, or dating God, which is a very strange concept, but you start to develop this handshake, this connection. The spirit is always there with you, whether we call it in, intuition, giant cheeseburger in the sky, it's always there. And I, I say that you know, jokingly speaking. However, it's usually such a small, still voice. It's hard for us to discern. Was that me? Was that my ego? What did, did I really hear that? Did I make that up? When you start into a daily practice, that inner wisdom, that voice starts getting louder and louder to where each Sunday night I channel now on YouTube. I have a YouTube live where basically I go into the guides of awe and I talk sort of like Suzanne Giesman. It has come out of developing this process or meaning developing this relationship where you start to hear the voice louder and louder and louder so that all of my coaching is done in automatic writing now. All of my interviews, I hear the guest and I hear this other voice by tapping into the guides of awe is what I like to call them. Because I do the practice each morning, the connection grows stronger and stronger until it perfuses my entire day, not just when I have pen to paper. And it becomes a lot more discerning. So I can say, oh, wait, that's ego. I know exactly what that is. And this is wishful imagination, but this is automatic writing speaking to me. And I don't even have pen to paper. Okay, I got it. That's where the real, the real. So we've got guidance in the morning by writing, which is really cool. And now you're able to hear it throughout the entire day. And you can be guided by that inner GPS or guided by awe. Right. That's the magic right there. That's, that's the fun. A, that's the woohoo. <laughs> that's the woohoo. Now you do say that automatic writing is not a crystal ball or Ouija board, you know, or something like that. So you wouldn't say it would be a precognitive kind of thing where people should say, oh, I want to try to find something that's going to happen in the future. It's never been a tool that I have used for that purpose. It's used for so many different things. The challenge with those those precognitive processes uh, or precognition rather processes is that ego really tries to get in the way. And so you have to become really attuned to the process to be able to make that leap. It's why early on, and I'm not saying you couldn't do it through this process, but it's why early on I encourage people to be exceptionally careful, not Ouija board careful of who or what may I scoop in. This is going to your highest level source. You don't have to worry about that. However, Um, I wouldn't say, you know, do I jump off a bridge today? Good Lord. Do I, you know, plunk down a million dollars on Tesla stock today? 
let's take little baby steps and see what we get with this process. And as we build the relationship, we're able to become a lot more discerning. With that said, automatic writing is funny. She's a teacher. She's a teacher tool. And a teacher will guide you on your path, but a teacher will also get you thinking. And so particularly early on, the yes and no answers, which she'll give you, meaning automatic writing will give you all the direction in the world. But early on, she's going to want you to learn how to become discerning along the way, which is actually kind of the coolest thing. It's a handbook and an inner GPS for life, not just this little eight ball that you kind of, you know, the old school eight ball, shake back and forth and see which little triangle bubbles up. Right. The answer is not clear. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) And I would keep shaking it like, no, give me the right answer. (laughs) I used to love that toy. Um, So I did want to ask you a little bit about the history, which I thought was so fascinating. And I'm glad that you shared that in the book, because I love to, you know, read about where things come from. And I mean, really, automatic writing goes back to biblical times, right? I mean, there's, there's a history that that vast of people using this process or similar processes to reach, you know, that divine place or to access divine information. There are passages in the Bible talking about how God came down, grabbed somebody's hand and wrote things out for them. So this goes back thousands of years. You can look at A Course in Miracles, which came out of a process of automatic writing. There are many authors who admit to it. There are many more who wouldn't admit to it. Uh, there are musicians, David Byrne, who did uh, has done a lot of automatic writing. There is um, Red Hot Chili Peppers formed their own unique experimental band and put out two albums. Automatic Writing, I think was the first one, and then Awe 2 was their second one. So this is a process that's been around for thousands of years and, and been used through today. What's most interesting is, Diane, there's a book from 1920, and I forget the author's name, And she wrote a book, a psychiatrist wrote a book on automatic writing in 1920, who talked about how automatic writing had been the tool of choice in the 1850s, in the time of Carl Jung. Um, And he used it personally as a tool to be able to plug in and hear from the subconscious. And it was her hope with her automatic writing book in 1920 that she could help reintroduce this tool to people because it was so powerful during the time of spiritualism as a tool for tapping into your higher uh, higher self and tapping into your subconscious. And literally the uh, psychology profession in the mid 1800s was using it as a tool to rewire the mind and rewrite your subconscious. So they were using it back then as a massive tool, which we could really use today to get at the wounds, get at the blocks, get at the stopping points, get at the things that are causing us to step forward, take a little Spanish pistola and shoot ourselves in the foot for hundreds of years. This was the process of choice. Right. And now you've brought it to the present and brought it to the forefront. And also, in addition to touching on the history, which I thought was so cool, you also brought in some science where, like you had mentioned the Akashic field before other people might, I think, what did Lynn McTaggart call, McTaggart call it? The universal field. Like there, there has been some a, a lot of scientific study about this. So this isn't something that's just made up. 
No, it's something that, that Dean Radin has studied at um, Center for Noetic Sciences. He's looked into things of this sort. Dr. Andrew Newberg, who's written about enlightenment in the brain, he actually did research on automatic writing practitioners uh, from Brazil and studied their brains and looked at the, um, uh, using a, uh, a SPECT scan, looked at the brainwave patterns of what was going on in their minds during automatic writing. This is where it gets really cool to me, Diane. In a normal brain, whatever that means, in, in Joe brain or, or uh, Jane brain, when you're writing, the frontal lobe lights up in your brain, uh, the front part of your brain, which controls um, what we call executive functions, higher level thinking and writing lights up. Your parietal lobe, which is what we call the I, me, my portion of the brain lights up as well because for instance, you're journaling, you're writing about yourself. When you go into automatic writing and what he found, what Dr. Andrew Newberg found when he was studying automatic writing practitioners is that the frontal lobe, the part of the brain responsible for writing, dialed back, went way down, minimum activity. And the parietal lobe responsible for I, me, my, or the sense of oneself dials back to where the person is having similar to an enlightenment experience. They are now feeling a oneness with everything. And he was seeing this in the experience automatic writing practitioners. The writing's coming from someplace else and it's clear they're plugged into oneness. And he found they could get there faster than even experienced meditators by going into automatic writing. It was almost like that, they're suddenly in this oneness zone or in this zone of awe. So it was so cool to see all the science backing up how when you get into the state of awe, you are literally plugged into something greater than this yourself and the words aren't coming from you. Right. And that state is accessible without, you know, ayahuasca or any, any psychotropics or anything like that. This is something that we can, we can access on our own. Absolutely. And in like a minute or two or less as you get good at this. So I sit down each morning and I do my brief meditation. I go and write out my prayers before I'm even done writing. Actually this morning, I think like on word number one, they're like, we're here. I'm like, wait, wait, I like ritual. Let me step down into this sacred space. And they're like, we have so much to share with you. I'm like, all right, go, 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 go. That's, that's so great. I love ritual too. I think it's part of my Catholic upbringing that I, I love ritual. So I want to talk about that as well. But I'm thinking, you know, looking back in history, I wonder, I'm pretty sure Edgar Cayce did a lot of automatic writing, The Sleeping Prophet. I'm did he do sure. a lot of that as well? Say that again. Did he do a lot of that as well? I did, did he not try that? research him, but from what I know, I would assume absolutely positively. And I'll go with even somebody who's less woo-woo, uh, if, if we can say that. Napoleon Hill, author of Think and Grow Rich. He had, he talks about it in his book, Think and Grow Rich, about he had a boardroom that he would write to each day. And in the boardroom was uh, Jefferson, was Washington, was Lincoln. He said Washington and Lincoln would have arguments. And even Thomas Edison, who was actually alive at the time, would be in his automatic writing. And they would have these boardroom meetings each morning. And he says he remembers clearly going to Thomas Edison one time. It was maybe the only time that they spoke. And he says, I've been writing to you in automatic writing. 
And Thomas Edison chuckled as if to say, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I love that. So we're going to take a break in just a, a few minutes, but and then we're going to get into kind of the nitty gritty and walk people through actually how to get started and how to do this, which is really exciting. But before we do that, though, let's just calm some fears a little bit and just what do you tell people who say, okay, this sounds just incredible. This sounds fascinating, but I'm not a writer. I, you know, I can't do it and just automatically throw that up. What do you say to them? I'm so <laughs> glad you're not a writer, which means your thinking mind doesn't get in the way because you're not an attuned, skilled writer. So now it's much more easy or much more easy, easier for you to just relax into the process and let the words come. The words are not coming from the thinking mind. When people start automatic writing, I tell them to write stupid. You've done your prayers. You've gone into meditation. The words will come out. You don't need to think about what you write. You allow the pen to go on page. In the beginning, it's often little snippets that come out and then you get more and then you get more and then you get more. But the fact that you're not a writing, I say is a blessing, a bonus. Anyone can do this, but if you're not a writing, it actually may even give you a leg up. Right. So you're not so much worried about if you're a quote writer and that's your profession, then you're going to be worried about capitalization and punctuation. And I put this in the right place. So yeah, I could see where that would hold you back from really kind of letting things flow. Because when I, when I gave it a shot, you know, at, at the first try, it, it was just gibberish, you know, it was kind of just scribbles. And then I just was kind of getting some, you know, affirmations that came through, but I think of those all the time. So I think that was just kind of what was coming out, you know, like first turning on the spigot a little bit. So I'm really curious to see what happens as I get deeper into the practice, you know, deeper into the process and see what really comes up. So I think that's great. So tell people, don't worry. I'm not a writer. I'm not a journaler. That's actually a plus. So anybody yeah. can do this. How it typically breaks down is about 10% of people get the most amazing words in the begin of wisdom and lyrics and prose right to begin with. I still don't get lyrics or prose. Ten, that's 10% of people. Next 10% get profound words of wisdom, similar to what I get. Most people, about 60%, get the little snippets that you're talking about and describing. About 20%, it takes a few weeks to get something. However, during the process, it's a process of attunement, of getting into alignment with your higher self. You start to feel much better even before any profound words hit the paper. We're going to take a short break. This is so fun. I can't wait to come back and dive in a little bit more. I'm talking with Michael Sandler about his amazing new book, Awe, The Automatic Writing Experience. We'll be right back. Stay close. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me after the break. I'm talking with Michael Sandler about his new book. It's available right now. Awe, the Automatic Writing Experience, How You Can Change Your Life by Diving Into This Profound Process. This is so cool. So in the previous segment, we were talking a little bit about the history of automatic writing, how everybody can do this. And now we're going to kind of get into the nitty gritty of it, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts on how to really get started, because I want everybody to really, you know, 
give it a shot. I mean, I think that we can all really benefit by putting this process into a regular practice. So you mentioned before um, in the last segment a little bit about ritual, and I love ritual. (laughs) I have all kinds of little rituals that I've created for myself here. But you do say that it's important to set the stage to get started. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, getting that process underway and like the first thing to do. And you say to start in the morning. That's very important. So it's a process that works best when the rest of the world is sleeping. So you could do it first thing in the morning. You can do it last thing in the night. We are all swimming in a field of energy. If you fly over New York City, actually you fly the entire eastern seaboard, it's all glowing bright with light at night. That is a field of energy that we're all plugged into. It's not just electrical. For instance, when Jessica and I lived in New Jersey and we would try to write on Monday morning, after a certain time, like 6.15, we would start to get jittery and the automatic writing would start to squeeze down and we'd get more of a to-do list than any profound words of wisdom. What it turns out is we're a block away from a highway going into New York City And we were plugging in to everybody's stressed out, freaked out Monday morning energy of having to commute into the city. If we dialed back our writing just a little bit earlier, when the world is still asleep, when that field is sleeping, then we're able to tap in at a much deeper soul, spirit, source level. The same thing goes at the end of the night. I prefer mornings, though, if possible, because it sets the stage. It's like a drummer. It sets the tempo for the entire day ahead. But if I have night owls listening, you can do it at night as well. Just reread it first thing in the morning. So whatever it told you, you get into that energetic state and it helps guide and inform your entire day ahead. Right. That makes so much sense when I read that, because if you think about the and the energy of what's happening at certain times of the day like i'll bet if you walked if someone walked you out into you know outside at like 5 or 6 in the morning and you just closed your eyes it feels really different than if you're out there at 10 or 11 in the morning you know not even just the noises but the the feeling of there's more expansion there's more space at that early time of the day to receive that kind of information. And I think also in Ayurveda, like that time is a very sacred time, right? Like between four and six. It's a window. It's what I call, interestingly enough, I call it the holy hour, but you're right. I call it from four to six, which is strange. It's really the holy hours, but it's a time where we're from Rumi and beyond. It's a time where we're seeing onto the other side of the veil and quite literally in this process, you're getting into what many of the greats have called the hypnagogic state. That's a state, a dreamy state of half here, half not here. It's the state that Thomas Edison, haha, here he comes up again, played in the state of Salvador Dali, bringing his work back from that hypnagogic state. And it's, it's this state where the holy seems more accessible and where you can put your hopes and dreams and thoughts out there. It's discussed in A Course in Miracles. And literally, things happen by playing in that state. And that is so much easier to access when the rest of the world is quiet. Right. So give it a shot. I mean, if you're not a morning person, you know, try try to establish that, at least kind of get that habit going. And you know, see what flows, get things going early in the morning. So I wanted to ask you too about, so as part of the ritual, 
You also use um, brain entrainment music or binaural beats. So do you, you do you use this all the time just with headphones, like right before you get started? Yes, yes, yes. So I'll go into a meditation, get the mind nice and quiet. Or if the mind doesn't want to quiet, at least I see what's going on in the mind so I can let it go so I don't get on that, that subway car, so to speak. And then I put on headphones and I listen to binaural brain entrainment music. In fact, if people get the book, there's a, a URL that they can go to and get a free download of the music, or we have it with our automaticwriting.com course, you can get the music, but you put on what's called theta brain entrainment music. And what happens is all of our brains are designed sort of like any cuckoo clock out there to get in sync with the biggest clock around. What does that mean? It means that if the world is frantic and going nuts and can't take its breath and Sorry, I'll stop right there. You would get in sync with that. That's actually the modern world today, which is why we're very freaked out by the end of the day and why news channels can drive us insane, even if we don't know what they're saying. What is it? Uh, give us 22 minutes. We'll give you the world. And you're just freaking out. You get in entrainment with that frequency. But now you can also entrain with singing bowls with spa music, with the sound of the ocean. And you can go and dial back the nervous system from a hypersensitive state of, I need to get things done, into a much more creative state, a much more plugged into source, plugged into spirit, a much more state of openness, of oneness. That's called the theta brainwave state. And so we have you put on music where your brain will hook up, will sync up with that state. Now you don't even have to think about it, but once you get that pen to paper and things start moving, your brain is already, the technical term for this is in la-la land. Right. <laughs> it makes it much easier to write. Well, I want people to try this. And so you said that some of those clips are available on your website. Give that site again. Uh, Automaticwriting.com. We've got an entire video-based program to guide people through step-by-step of getting into automatic writing. And then we have a minimum, at least once a month, a class for people to be able to participate and for us to get you up to speed as well. That's automaticwriting.com. That's so cool because I love the use of you know, sound effects or the brain entrainment music. I've, I've tried that before in the past. And I actually, I have some on my, um, you know, not my iPod, my phone. <laughs> Remember iPods, like the single use thing, you know, now we have all our music on our phones. So when I take a walk, I, I have certain, you know, tracks or clips that I like to use. And it's just so, it feels so good to do that, you know, just kind of get your brain in that space where you can access this kind of information and there's also, I don't know if people have noticed that Calm app that's been advertised on TV and it'll say 30 seconds, do nothing. And for 30 seconds, you'll hear the rain, just the sound mm. of the rain. And I think that's so effective because it kind of jolts people like, okay, I can I can sit here and wait or just experience this for 30 seconds. And it gives you a taste of what, what that feeling is. So I hope people go to your site and download some of that. So in this process, though, you also have the importance of the intention prayer and the invocation prayer. And th that really sets the table, right? 
So you have an intention prayer where what you are doing is you're creating a sacred vessel, a sacred bubble around you from which it's a portal. It's a portal inside of yourself or it's a portal outside of yourself. I've even heard it described as a wormhole, but you're setting that intention of connecting with that highest level self or spirit or God or whomever, or whatever that you want to communicate with in this really safe and closed bubble of love and light. And then you have an invocation prayer. And to invoke means to call in. You can call in Mother Earth. You can call in archangels, which I love to do. You can call in a loved one, a mom, a dad, a grandparent who's passed away, who's crossed over, a pet who's crossed over. You can call in your spirit on the other side of the veil. You can call in like Napoleon Hill, your whole boardroom, your team. Or you simply call in that inner wisdom. You're making that connection and then you're ready to dive in. And sort of like really Alice in Wonderland or a shamanic, if you've ever done a shamanic journey where you go into what they call in shamanism, the underworld, that doesn't mean the dark world. It means the world that you're connected to the natural world, the world that you're connected to spirit. You step down through these prayers, through this meditative process and through the music and to bah, all of a sudden, I hear spirit. I hear my inner wisdom. I can talk. I'm in this beautiful state where I can communicate supra me at a level above my thinking mind. And that ritual helps step you down into that sacred space. See, I never knew you were a big angel fan until I read this book. So you really work with some specific angels to support you in the process. I do. My favorite, Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Gabriel. And I say them fast because I'm continuously throughout the day going back into prayer to the archangels. Now, you don't have to believe in archangels for automatic writing to work. For myself, though, it is huge. Those are my go-to guides. They're my everything for this process. I go into them. I went into the, I, I called them in before speaking with you. I called them in before I coach, before I teach, before I everything. And you can literally hear the angels talking to you, guiding you and saying, sort of like I was talking to you uh, off air before the show about the book launch being delayed because we'd sold so many of the books in advance. How does it get any better than this? And uh, the angels are, are going, don't worry. The book delay is, is a good thing. You don't have to worry about any of this. We've got your back. That, what a great feeling. Oh, my God, because we all feel alone, separate, isolated, particularly during COVID. And to hear, don't worry, we've got your back. We're there with you is huge. It really is. And in the book, you know, you also bring it to the forefront, what we're experiencing now, you know, the, the times that we're in this past year and moving forward, we don't know what's going to happen for the rest of this year. I mean, having this kind of practice and being able to put this into place is, is really going to be so helpful for so many people. It's a life rebuilder. And I think it's a very, I'm glad you brought that up, Dan. I feel it's a very important tool at this tool, such a, there's got to be a stronger word than tool, but it is such a powerful tool during this time where when we feel disconnected, lost, isolated, let's be honest, depressed, and we're going, where on earth do I go from here? And to have spirit or God or source of the angels say, 
it's okay, dear one. You're going to be all right. Here's where you're at. Here's why you're here. Here's what you can do literally to make this a beautiful experience and help use this as a launching pad, dear one, for every good thing coming your way. And it completely flips. That's what happened when we were you know, wiped out and Jessica's sick and we're moving from our dream home in Maui back to New Jersey. Although New Jersey turned out was awesome, but it, it flips the experience on its head and says, here's how it can be extra special. And I will help guide you there hand in hand each step of the way. Right. This is so valuable and so important because we're all in that place. I mean, I know a lot of people are experiencing this whole COVID thing differently. You know, some people are really busy and we're overloaded. Other people are looking for work. And you're right. Like, who can we really rely on ourselves? Like, we have to dig within and and get to that space to you know, be, to find some comfort. I mean, cause I've, I'm feeling honestly, all of those things that you mentioned, you know, the I'm, I'm depressed sometimes and, you know, missing my family and feeling trapped and isolated and, and all of those things. So that's why I'm really excited to be able to, you know, help you bring this out to the world. I think this, this is so important. Thank you. And so, oh, go Oh, go ahead. No, you first. I was just going to say, it gives a big picture perspective. You know, Dr. Wayne Dyer, bringing him back since we were mentioning him earlier, he talked about a, a loved one who uh, got hit like by a drunk driver or something, had a near-death experience. And they would talk about this crazy aunt who got it, who got the big picture he would talk about. When you dive into awe, the automatic writing experience, you get the big picture picture. So it doesn't mean that you don't have challenges in life. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything is puppies and roses and you're, you're dancing around like the sound of music. Well, maybe let's hope be kind of cool. However, it gives you an understanding of what's going on, of why, of how you fit into the world of where you get to go from here. And it gives you comfort to let you know you're right on track. Here's where you get to go next. Everything is going to be all right. And an ability of, of love, of self-love, of kindness, of compassion, of, I have no other better way to put it, Diane, than it's okay, dear one. How much do we need to hear it's okay? Right where you're at right now, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Because our thinking mind will tell us why it's not okay, why this is drama, why everything's wrong, why we mess things up. But to have a higher perspective, a higher level orbit, something watching us or something within us, watching us from above, that's kind of coaching us and telling us everything's going to be all right. And then showing us how, and you feel, I call it awe. Like I said, your jaw hits the floor. You feel different. You feel better. I've worked with so many clients were clinically depressed, who suddenly they're like, woohoo, again, because the cloak is removed because this dark cloak, because of the higher picture perspective that they're getting and the answer that they're getting that's outside of themselves. Right, right. And I love that you're so passionate about this. <laughs> this is great because <laughs> I can tell that you're excited for people to really be able to access this and 
you know, hey, I need I needed to hear that what you just said. It's going to be okay. You know, you can handle it. And you know, when when you need to know, it will be revealed. And you're when, not alone, right? Once you dive into awe, aloneness. You know, I've had two near death experiences. What does that mean? It means I know I could never be alone, no matter what. But my ego will still want to get in there. <laughs> tell me what I've done wrong and tell me why I'm separate. But once you dive into awe, you're, you get it. I am not separate. I couldn't be separate even if I tried. Not the ooga booga somebody's watching you, but feeling the sense of love, this sense of somebody's walking with me hand in hand. We've got this. Right. And I want to ask you a little bit about ego because I've heard, you know, from different teachers over the years and you know, different descriptions or interpretations of what they feel that the ego is. And I've, I've heard everything from, you know, make friends with your ego or don't listen to your ego. It's edging God out, you know, all the, all these different kinds of messages. And I've kind of come to the conclusion of, well, on the one hand, we do want a strong sense of self, right? Which, which is what our ego is. So why would we want to beat it into submission? Because I, I don't think that that's really possible to do that. So like, how do you make friends with it where you know, okay, this message is not coming from just my sense of self telling me some chatter or some old belief repeating, but is really kind of divine wisdom? Like, how do you work with your ego? Great question, Diane. And I'm going to give people a tool here, kind of a taste of what's in the book so they can start working with the ego. I look at my ego as kind of my wounded inner child or my best friend once removed, meaning they're my best friend, but I will never, ever give them the keys to the car, Diane. Never give the keys to the car to your ego. However, your ego is here to keep you safe, to point out your wounds, to point out your blocks, to point out what you get to work on. So what we want to do to me is we want to heal the ego. We want to integrate the ego. We want to play nice with the ego and become one with our ego. But we also want to ferret out and learn from the messages of the ego. So I have an exercise in awe. So that let's say you're doing your automatic writing and saying, dear one, and all these loving thoughts. And all of a sudden you're getting shoulda, woulda, coulda it all over, or what I call should it all over. Meaning your ego has jumped in. It's hijacked your automatic writing, Diane. And it's telling you what you've done wrong, how you've screwed things up, how you really blew it this time. And I have a whole story in here about how ego came in after I did some amazing automatic writing early on and got me to stop automatic writing for a couple of years, convincing me that it wasn't really automatic writing. It's kind of twisted in on itself. When ego comes up and beats on you, which it does to all of us, I like to tell ego to take a back seat and wait a few minutes, wait for me to finish my automatic writing, wait for me to finish my prayer or meditation. And then I welcome ego into the front seat of the car. I picture like a Thelma and Louise, uh, kind of uh, Thunderbird or Cadillac, white leather seats. I ask ego to be in the back corner. Now I bring her up into the passenger seat or him into the passenger seat. And then I grab a fresh sheet of paper, Diane. And I say, all right, ego, I want you to tell me everything that's on your mind. Now, this may horrify people because this is the opposite of law of attraction. The, what you think about is what you bring about. I'm, I'm an LOA expert with that said, and you can find me talking about it every week on our show, but taking it to a deep energetic level, a level of alchemy, a level of sorcery, a level of magic. But with that said, 
The whole concept of what you think about brings about misses one key tenant. What you stuff inside of you will come back with a vengeance. So anything that you tamp down and say, I can't think that, I can't feel that, and you just squash that down, that becomes a seething volcano, a volcano of anger, a volcano of fear, a volcano of illness. So what you want to do, I used to call it the better out than in exercise. Now I call it the ego dump. Get a fresh sheet of paper. Write out for five or 10 minutes each morning when it comes up, everything that ego wants to tell you, every way that you screwed up, every way that you ruined things, crazy thoughts that would get you locked up if anybody else heard them. Tear those pages out after you're done. Say thank you to the ego. Shred them or burn them and be done with them. Because Diane, the subconscious mind and the ego doesn't know the difference between the written word and the actual event or experience, emotion. And so when you tear that up, when you get it down, it helps release tension. When you tear it up, it helps you release the emotion, the energy, emotion, energy and motion, the energy behind it. And you start to feel lighter. You start to feel better. You start to heal that relationship between you and the ego. And you realize the ego is just a tool to help keep you safe. And you're able to step forward rather than a repeating a pattern of shooting yourself in the foot which is really ego's way of trying to keep you safe because she hasn't been heard. Now she's heard, but you're getting things lighter and lighter and healing on a deeper and deeper core soul level. That's such a great exercise. I love doing that. I've done that in the past, just kind of, you know, writing out things that are bothering me or that I'm, I'm hating or, or feeling really anxious about and then burning it. And you mentioned in the book, like you do encourage people to physically pen to paper write, especially when they're starting with automatic writing, but it is possible to use a computer. Absolutely. So I am one of those people. I, I grew up uh, undiagnosed uh, dyslexia. I, I was put into the um, challenged rooms with the classes where they, they said that kids were poor students or something. Everybody's a rock star on that method. Everybody has their own genius. But I would reverse letters and stuff. And the more that they would say to pay attention, the more I would flip letters backwards. And they would say, hit me with a ruler and say, pay more attention. What does this mean? It means when I go into my automatic writing with writing, I start flipping letters and characters and doing all sorts of funky stuff as, as the guides start talking to me really, really quickly. And so I had to go over to a keyboard in order to keep up. And there's a whole technique in the book of how you can dim your computer screen, how you can keep yourself half awake and how you can use the keyboard without it waking you up because you want to do this in a half awake state. But now I type almost all of my automatic writing because it comes through in a torrent. So yesterday afternoon, I, I did a YouTube live yesterday evening, meaning a live event on our uh, youtube.com backslash inspire nation show channel. I do it every Sunday and an hour beforehand, Diane, I'm going, I don't know what I'm talking about. And so I go into automatic writing, you know, angels, guides, uh, what am I talking about this afternoon? <laughs> and in five minutes, I've got an entire outline. I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea I was talking about this. Key points, key subpoints, all laid out, which had I tried to write that out, there wouldn't have been a chance for me in keeping up. But with the keyboard, I was able to do so. Right. And there's a whole process, like you said, in the book to kind of guide people through that. So if you're thinking, okay, I can't, you know, keep up or write or whatever, you can 
you know, jump on your computer if that feels more comfortable. So there's, there's ways around everything. I think you've addressed it all. I wanted to make a Bible of automatic writing, something that will stand the test of time where anybody can get into it. Anybody can access it. My mission in life, raise people's vibration, elevate consciousness, shift humanity. I believe that if we have a tool to communicate with our inner wisdom, to communicate with spirit, to communicate like Neil Donald Walsh to something greater than ourselves. We rise up, we feel better. Our, like Paul Seliger, his guides would say, we rise to the upper room or to a higher octave and we bring everyone along with us. Kindness and compassion goes through the roof. The ability to interact with everyone as truly our neighbor, love thy neighbor as thyself, and to love ourselves goes up. And literally, I'm so incredibly biased, Diane. I will say it. If we all tapped into the voice of awe, I know the whole world would change and it would change one individual life at a time. Right. This world would be a much kinder, gentler place if people would give this a shot. It's been so cool to talk with you about this and and to catch up. I really love this project and I really hope people give this a chance and experience the transformation that can happen with automatic writing. I'm excited to get started and really, you know, do a little bit more. I just, just finished the book. So I'm just getting into it. So I want people to get in touch with you. Just throw out your website one more time. Automaticwriting.com. Awesome. Michael Sandler, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Diana. Keep on shining bright. Can I get a woohoo? Woohoo! <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.